And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. And welcome. It is Wednesday. And here we go again. Jason not here in the bunker. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you are watching live like Ghost Adder, haven't seen you in a while. Welcome back. Hope everything's been going well for you. Haven't seen, uh, haven't seen hide nor hair of you, Ghost Adder, in a long while. You can uh, jump in the live chat if you are listening or watching this in replay. You are more than welcome to leave a comment with your thoughts on whatever it is that we talk about today. Because I haven't really quite decided what we're going to talk about today. There's a few things going on. There's, there's plenty of, of material. But... Um, some of this, some of it is just, eh. My goal of having this show be every day a guest has uh, has not uh, come to fruition yet. But a lot of that has to do with you know schedules and. Manpower and, and that kind of thing. We're getting there. We're getting there. We've got some stuff lined up for next week. I think everybody will be happy with. In the meantime, I get to just take this hour and opine. And if anybody's got anything that they want to throw in the chat when you talk about it as a topic, I've got a few things that we can touch on today. I don't know. Somehow it feels like my microphone is kind of keeps keeps going in the wrong place. Technology. That's that's where we are. So I uh, that didn't that didn't fade out very well in that last bit. Oh well. All right. So milestone yesterday. Uh, last night, if those of you who were around, you saw we had. The 100th episode of Salacious Crumbs. There's the video right there with the new logo. And it's not any different from the old logo, except it's a different color. We've, we've decided to go ahead and, and match, the, match the new season for The Mandalorian. We try to stay timely. Uh, but that dropped last night, and it was uh, among the very few live editions of that show. And uh, the plan is right now to go live from now on. So we'll see how that how that goes. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob in the chat, welcome. Were they delicious? Yes, the crumbs were very delicious. And you can partake of them yourself if you want to watch that show. Uh, let me do this. Let me put... I will put that in the chat. So if any of you see this is this is the benefit of 
watching this show live, there is the interactive part of this. And uh, if you are listening, if you want options, this show is now available on Amazon Music in their new podcast section. Also available on, where is it? 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 It's also available on, on iHeartRadio. So we're very happy about that. And also on iHeartRadio, we've got the H2O podcast, which is also available on Amazon and on Apple Podcasts. We've got to get this show on Apple. We'll see what happens there. So we got to, it's just another thing to add to the list, right? So here's the thing I got an email this morning from Wallet Hub, which is kind of a marketing type of thing. And I found this interesting-ish because we we make the joke here. We talk a lot about our need for coffee. A lot of these shows that you watch, that you listen to, they run on caffeine. And as part of that, uh, we're we're constantly making the joke. And it's not really a joke. We would love to have a coffee company as a sponsor for our programs and it's so much so that I've already got a, I've already got a marketing campaign. I've already got artwork in place for when things go according to, you know, having, having some kind of a coffee related sponsor. And we've reached out to several companies and, and we're not that big. We're not big enough to, to rate this. And it's entirely possible that we could be in the wrong town for that, because according to this Wallet Hub thing, the 20, uh, 2020's best coffee cities in America, we're, we're not even in the top 20 here in Kansas City. But according to this, you look at the chart here, their, their number one city for coffee is Seattle. And I guess you could call it coffee in Seattle, but... Uh, it it's funny though. You look at the top three, the top three cities for coffee: Seattle, San Francisco, Portland. <laughs> um, maybe that's what the problem is up there. Maybe they're rioting because they're overcaffeinated. Maybe, or maybe they're rioting because they have lousy coffee. That could be part of it. Uh, but I'm going, th- or maybe they ran out. Yeah, but that's that's possible too. Um, so I'm going through this list. And I'm looking to see where Kansas City falls in here. We are 67th, the 67th best coffee city in America, and I think that's just about where things go. Right? Um, not quite good, not quite bad, just kind of there, and that that really describes Kansas City to a T. I tell you. Um, I moved up here in 1994, decided that I wanted to move back in 1994. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kansas City is known for its jazz. Uh, you've got the 18th of Vine District. We've got the, uh, the Negro League, uh, baseball museum here, uh, Gem Theater. Uh, there is, uh, there's barbecue here. There's quite a bit of barbecue here. 
Uh, we are well known for that as well. It's a cattle town. I mean, you still have the, the stockyards and the exchange downtown and, you know, because the railroad goes through here. So, so it, uh, well, yeah, yeah, the, the, the whole Valentine's Day thing and the reason why federal law enforcement agents are now able to be armed is because of the massacre that happened here in Kansas City at Union Station. So, uh, I don't, I don't know that Paul Rudd counts. He, he was, he's from here. He's from here, but he doesn't live here anymore. So, although I, I could, hmm. He could, uh, I could call his, I, I could, I could send an email to his mom. Maybe I could get Paul Rudd on the show. Maybe not. Probably not. What? Well, I could, I could send a note. I've sent some invitations out to several people. I haven't heard anything back yet. So we're getting there. One of these days, you never know. So anyway, Ghost Hatter, I appreciate the, 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 the positive feedback there. We are doing some great things here. We do, uh, we do make an effort to have some good programs here. Uh, last night, I had a chance to, uh, after, after, all was said and done with Salacious Crumbs, and we got, del- got done with that. And I was packing things up, and I was getting doing my my after-show stuff with the notes and the links and, and all of that. And I had the chance to go on Nerd Report's live stream. Lewis uh, opened up the stream to uh, pretty much an open mic night and ended up two hours over there talking on his stream and Andy Signor dropped in that was kind of fun uh that's first time actually i've had any uh any opportunity to uh to interact with andy of course he uh dropped he dropped a thing yesterday about uh nicholas cage possibly being in the flash so We'll see what happens with that. Uh, let me see. I'm going to put this here. And we will <clears throat> drop this in here. There's the link to that if anybody wants to, to watch. Uh, mob advertisements, barbecue, and sci-fi go well together. Well... It could see now. We've had this. We've had this topic come up before, oh. because we are looking. We are actively, actively looking for advertisers, like actual paid advertisers and sponsors for the programs. But we're also open to parody spots. So you know, if you want to give us a Spatula City type of commercial quote-unquote, air quotes, commercial. You know, we're open to that as well. 30 seconds, 15 seconds, you know, send us something, if you want. The email for that would be advertising at sci-fi-for-me.com. And if you have a business and you really do legitimately want to advertise on these shows, we are more than open to that as well. We have very reasonable rates. And those are posted over under the advertising tab at sci-fi for me.com. 
So here's another thing that I ran across today. We're just going to do a bunch of random stuff today. Uh, Mrs. Boss, I don't know that this is going to be a thing for me because, you know, we were talking about this just the other day. We were talking about the need to put together our last wills and dying wishes and all that because it came up, we were talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we are talking about the dying wish and all of this. And the conversation naturally turns to we should have a plan in place because I'm not getting any younger. I'm 50. And it's, it's, you know, it's something that, you know, as you get older, your mortality starts to really kind of show up. So we're talking about it and we're talking about these different things, you know, like, you know, DNRs and wills and power of attorney and all and of course, it's all just right now is talk. Yeah, we need to do it. We need to do this. <clears throat> but I ran across something today, and I'm not sure that this is going to be a thing. And I don't know how well this is going to take off, but this is a thing now. Headline over on the Nerdist, Fungus Coffins Let People Feed Earth With Their Bodies. This was posted on September 16th, and basically what this is, it's a new coffin from a company called Loop of Life. And it, they're based out of the Netherlands. They make coffins out of mycelium, which is a vegetative part of a fungus. And the idea, basically, is to turn everything about you getting buried into... Uh, Compost, basically, uh, where where you become uh, okay, uh, you you become bio. I mean, you're you're already biodegradable, but they put you in this thing that uh, that is supposed to feed and nurture and promote growth in the vegetation. So. I, I don't know that it's necessarily for me, but <laughs> it is. It was an interesting thing. So uh, Sci-Fi Snob says, I'll be your power of attorney. I guarantee I will pull the plug. <laughs> I will make a list. Uh, you can pull the plug on my computer first. It, it, it keeps wanting to. I think I have reaped this new, brand new, spiffy new computer. That's running the Windows 10 has rebooted itself more times in the last two weeks than I think my other tower has done in maybe six months worth of time. I keep getting these blue these blue screens of oh it hit an error. And all I'm trying to do is load a browser page. I don't know what's going on over here, but I'm not happy with Windows 10. So and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna complain about it because it's not doing what I want it to do, and it's supposed to be this brand new thing, and it's not. I'm not supposed to have problems with the new tech. I expect problems from the old tech. I expect problems from the existing tech, but I don't expect problems from the new stuff. <sighs> Speaking of problems with technology, <clears throat> so. 
You see this about uh, about Microsoft Xbox? This is uh, I'm pulling this one from ComicBook.com, but apparently the Xbox naming convention for their game consoles has created a mess because people have ended up ordering the wrong console because reasons people were buying they bought an Xbox One X instead of an Xbox Series X which I guess is the new one so you have two different completely different game consoles and the name on them is so similar that people are ordering the wrong one and this comes right after uh, PlayStation had their mess. And in the midst of all of this, you've got Microsoft announcing that they're buying... What's the company name? They're buying Zenimax Media, which is the parent company for Bethesda Softworks. And so now you have the possibility that moving forward... Um, Elder Scrolls, Fallout may be exclusive to the Xbox. Microsoft just spent $7.5 billion, or as, as Carl Sagan would say, billion dollars on Bethesda's parent company. That's a lot of money. And I guess maybe that's why they didn't, they're not buying TikTok. Aside from the fact that I don't know, I don't know anybody that. Yeah. Why would you buy TikTok? I I get it, I get it. You want that? You want that? That sweet, sweet twenty-something money. But how many twenty-somethings are making any money? I don't know. I just. Ugh. Oh, and and the other thing. Do you see the? I guess the new thing going around is the anime filter on Snapchat. People have been posting over on Facebook all of these pictures they're taking with Snapchat using the anime feature. Apparently, this is a new thing. This filter will turn you into an anime character drawing. You know how they always put the little cats and the sparklies and the whatnot on your face using the, the algorithms? Well, this, this one apparently will apply a filter that makes it look like you've been drawn anime style. And the results are mixed. I've seen a few people that post on it that that some of them, some of them are pretty good, some of them not so good. I don't plan to test that algorithm. I think it's kind of dumb myself, but I'm old, as we've established, because we were talking about my death, uh, which is going to happen sooner rather than later. I I think. <coughs> You're shaking your head over there. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Robert, You, yes, you did miss last night's Salacious Crumbs, but that's okay. It is still available for replay and sharing. That's, that's, a, that's a key piece. That's a key piece. You watch, you watch the show, and uh, on your way out the door, you hit a thumbs up and you share, and that's uh, very helpful. Looks like right now we've got 17 views on that video. It'd be nice to have a couple of zeros on the back end of that. One of these days, we'll get there. 
it's coming. So, Sci-Fi Snob says he's naturally sparkly. So, doesn't need the, the filter. I, I can believe that. <coughs> Maybe. Now, is it, are you naturally sparkly because you have a scintillating personality or because you're a, a sparkly vampire? See, you know, it's all about the glow, right? That's what I keep hearing. So PlayStation launches their, uh, Sony launches PlayStation 5, and apparently it was a mess as well because they said, hey, this thing's going to be available for pre-order tomorrow. Except Walmart and Best Buy apparently made it available for pre-order early. And so now you have everything selling out, selling out, selling out. So apparently this rollout was a mess. And we're not very much into gaming. I don't have a gaming... I've got one gaming console right now. Well, no, I, I take it back. I've got two. Because the Wii is still in a box somewhere down in the basement at home. Uh, but I've got an, uh, we've got an Atari 2600 here in the, in the studio... Uh, as we've seen, so uh, you know we got we got on there during an H two O podcast, and we we're looking around and, and playing some of the console games on that. So we've got a twenty six hundred here, uh, which is really more my speed than PlayStation or anything. And and on Salacious Crumbs last night, we we're talking about the new controller. That's an X. That was an Xbox controller, wasn't it? The one that was geared toward uh, squadrons. It's it's painted like a an X wing helmet. So I am not a gamer, and that's one of the reasons why we shut down our Twitch channel, because yeah, not a gamer, we don't play a whole lot of video games around here, there's just, you know, we don't have the people who do it, and there wasn't an audience over there, so we, we haven't really been in the gaming space very much, because it's just, that's just not our thing. But occasionally we'll kind of swerve into that if it's all... You know, if it's somehow related, and I think this is a this being a technology thing, uh, it does it does kind of factor in because people are, you know, this is the kind of thing that you expect, like when when the new iPhone comes out or when the next gadget comes out. Uh, it's side by side says you could probably get lots of views playing Atari Twenty Six Hundred games. We've thought about it. I've ta- I've I've thought about it. Maybe. Um I I don't know that anybody can sit through an hour of us trying to get through Superman though. <laughs> that was that was an experience, I'll tell you that for sure. Um but yeah, PlayStation rolled out, it was a mess. Uh Robert says uh, he's got a Wii AV cord should arrive today. Wii 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 all the way home. We do have uh, a number of cartridges here. Uh, we've got Pac-Man, we've got Missile Command, I, you know, the classic games, Asteroids, um, Superman. I, I need to find a working game cartridge for E.T. That will, that will make my life complete. Uh, well, my, my mother says that she's looking. I haven't checked in with her on that lately to see if she's found anything, but that... The original Atari 2600 that I had when I was a kid, 
might still be in a box in the garage at my parents' house with all of the games that we had back then. So it's possible. Uh, I need to ask. Uh, I need to ask her if she's found that. Uh, if we suck at the game, we probably get more views. Probably because people like to kibitz and uh, and do that. So who knows? Maybe it's it's worth considering at least possibly so i don't know it's this is one of those things just one of those things where uh <coughs> excuse me where we make this up as we go so oh all right you did that on camera by the way I no, my makeup on. no all right all right ghost adder pop it in and and out have a good one there with all of your schoolwork. I remember those days. Uh, yeah, the ET carts. Yeah, I know they they are they were dug up in a landfill. Some of them are in a museum now, and there are still some out there that work. And we've kind of we kind of been keeping our eye out on a few uh, for a few different cartridges. I need to to look around. We've got a few different ones that that it would be good to have just to, to plug them in and see. And we've got the cord, we've got the cable, we could probably run that into a stream and uh, people can watch that. So, I don't know, it's, it might be it might be worth worth the effort to, uh, to open up our Twitch stream again and see. We only had 75 followers over there. So it wasn't as if we were making any kind of an impact. And uh, we did have, you know, we were monetized. We had the affiliate level and, and all of this stuff. And we were able to do the watch parties through, you know, using the Amazon Prime library. But nobody showed up for those. So it was one of those things, we, you know, we got to an abort or pivot point And we sat and we said, well, you know, we're not really getting any traffic here. There's no activity. Uh, there's no return on investment in terms of the amount of time and the and the effort that we make over there. So we figure we go ahead and just concentrate here and see what happens with that. And in the meantime, we've got this show that we just relaunched. We're trying to to line up guests. We do have a couple of them already planned for next week, but I would like to get to a point where we have a guest every day because me just sitting here spouting off and random randomly ranting for an hour is going to get old fairly quickly. Because people can only take so much of me. I can only take so much of me. So, there's that. Um, Supergirl, we got news yesterday. Supergirl, sixth season will be its last. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on the Nerd Report stream last night. I think if, if they had not been so heavy-handed in some of their story themes, they probably could have gone seven seasons. Um, and, I don't know, So I saw somebody mentioned, you know, when Supergirl went from a skirt to pants, might not have been a, a good idea. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched that show in a while. Um, they lost me during the fourth season when they were starting all of the all of the alien refugee stuff because it wasn't it wasn't so much the fact that it was a bad story it was relevant it was timely okay fine but it's 
it was done so clunky and and over the top and in your face that it just it it didn't it was not well executed let's say uh we don't have any word yet on green green arrow and the canaries with cat mcnamara so i'm starting to wonder we've got superman and lois that's in the wings it's on its way um i'm wondering if Maybe the CW is starting to kind of not be as interested in superhero shows. Could we be starting to see the decline? Uh, they just renewed Coroner, which is not a genre show. Supernatural is coming to an end. Uh, finally, it's done. Um, and there are a lot of people upset about that, but you know they had a they had a great run. But CW is starting to pull some shows in that are not science fiction fantasy. Uh, you've got the outpost still. I mean, the 100 is done. So maybe they're starting to mix it up a little bit, and maybe we won't get Green Arrow and the Canaries. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, Supergirl had so much potential. And that first season was, was really good. The first season was fun. But then, I don't want to say they bought into their own press, but I have a tough time with any celebrity or entertainment outlet or anything starting to get luxury or preachy or, you know, that you know, mess, message fiction only works when it's done a certain way. You have to be very careful about message fiction. Um, you know, and, and if you want to change the world, if you want to have an impact on something, make a documentary. Uh, because if you're just going to sit there and tell a story that says you must think a different way, you must think this way, you must believe this thing, it's not going to attract an audience unless you do it in a way that entertains first. And that's what a lot of these people have either forgotten or they never never knew. Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's the, the problem with all of this stuff is I start to feel like a, a, a broken record on this stuff because I keep saying that I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And... Who wants to listen to that? You know, you could just go back and listen to a previous show. You don't necessarily have to listen to me rant about it again today. But it's it's a thing because we keep seeing it happen. Shows will decline. I mean, Supergirl's audience, Supergirl hemorrhaged audience in the last couple of seasons. And it's... Nobody wants to talk about why, but it hemorrhaged audience in the last couple of seasons because they they just said, "Here's a two by four. We're going to hit you over the head with it." And you know, uh, Robert, has anyone discussed season two of The Boys yet? I am behind. I have not seen any of that. And as we established yesterday, I've been making a list here. This is a list here of all of the shows that I need to catch up on or 
there are shows that I need to introduce Mrs. Boss to. So there are a lot of them. Some of them are current. Some of them are older. I'm not sure what it what we're going to do what we're going to do next because um, there's a lot. I know we need to catch up on the Orville soon. We need to, and and do I have the out? Yeah, the outpost is on this list. Logan's Run, Space 1999, Mutant X, X Files, Greatest American Hero. Um, I guess I should put my favorite Martian on here because I've got the complete run on DVD. Why not? Incredible Hulk. I keep thinking of shows that I need to add to this list. Yeah, if anybody's got, uh, oh yeah, we need to we need to finish Agents of Shield. I keep forgetting about that one. We stuck with it for a long time. But there are a lot of shows that you watch and you watch and you watch and you watch and then you just suddenly not. You you just you, you I don't know if you, if you lose interest or you run out of time. There's so much of this and I saw the other day somebody was talking about how um the comics and science fiction and all of this stuff that we enjoy now that's all over the place that is all mainstream and everybody's watching the superior shows all of this stuff needs to go back underground because there are maybe too many people it's too mainstream it's too accepted i don't know if that has anything to do with it or not i don't know if if we're too cool for school now uh, because once, once genre, once genre became very popular and there were all of these other people that had an interest in it and started getting involved in it, then they started trying to change it. And some changes are good, some changes are not, and, you know, your mileage may vary just depending on where you are or anything else, but there, there is a question, and maybe this is something that we can talk about on H2O at some point. Has the science fiction and fantasy genre become too popular, too normal, quote-unquote, too mainstream, and... Does it need to go back to a point where our com the the fan community is a little bit more insular, a little bit more not necessarily in the shadows hidden, but maybe not quite so front and center on everything anymore. I don't know. Sci-Fi Snob says, wife and I used to watch Walking Dead. They all of a sudden she got bored and we stopped a few seasons ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh Tim Tim and Dustin and Curtis discuss Walking Dead and uh, Fear the Walking Dead over on Zompocalypse Now. And early on, one of the things that just really stuck in Dustin's craw was the fact that they have absolutely no sense of geography for this show. Uh, or, and no sense of time. And 
you wandering around and wandering around and wandering around and wandering around and wandering around. It got tedious. And there were there there have been some places and I remember uh second or third season I remember them just Dustin was just railing on the fact that they have absolutely no idea what they were doing. And the show kind of meandered a little bit and and sometimes it gets good, sometimes not. And I think when you when you go in when you have something, if you've got a plan and you sit there and go, okay, we're going to do five seasons and this is the story and here's the arc, here's the beginning, here's the middle and the end. And you know what you're going to do with that story. That's a, that, that gives you a framework where, and they've got the comic book, they've got a framework. So you would think they'd be able to do this kind of thing, but I've never gotten into the walking dead. I'm not a big zombie fan. I'm not big into horror. So for me, I'm I'm peripherally aware of the show. I'm peripherally aware of that whole thing, um, but it's it's not my thing. So uh, and I haven't seen Game of Thrones past season one. Uh, so uh, we got HBO sent us uh, a DVD set for the first season, and I watched it. Okay. I never really, I mean, it didn't bowl me over. It wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. I've got to watch all of this now. I don't know. It's just me. It could be because I'm old. You know, the older I get, the less interested I am in any of this stuff because it all feels like a retread. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, it... it it could be a sign of the times, you know, the people who are in charge of things now are my age. And so they're bringing up stuff that they liked. And we've talked about this before on H2O and other places where we're talking about, you know, the people that are in charge are of an age. They're wanting to bring back those things they enjoyed when they were kids, when they were younger. And so now we're starting to see a bunch of, you know, all of the continuous reboots and remakes and all of the different things where, you can look at something and say, oh, yeah, that's been done before. I've seen that before. So, I don't know. It, it just, I, I enjoy what I do here. Don't get me wrong. The, you know, talking about all this stuff, this is, this is enjoyable for me. And if we could turn this into a business that generates revenue and creates some jobs, that would be a bonus. But I find myself growing more bored, I guess is maybe the word, um, uninterested, because there's I, I don't see a whole lot of new. I see retreads, I see reboots, I see sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel. And you look at the comics, they're constantly doing new number ones and constantly doing events and constantly rebooting the comics. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have any interest in a new thing that's not new. Give me something new. You know, if... And, and this is something that I, that I remember thinking when Star Trek Enterprise first came out. That it was not very good Star Trek, but it was decent science fiction. And, okay, 
Give me a new science fiction show. Discovery probably could have been a very good science fiction show, but as soon as you slap the name Star Trek on it, there's a certain set of expectations that come with that. Same with Star Wars, same with Doctor Who, same with any known franchise that's got a history. Battlestar Galactica, Space 1999. If you're going to do any kind of a reboot of any of these things, you have to deal with that. But if you come up with something new, like, say, The Expanse, for example, Tim raves about that show, or if you have something like Winona Earp, which is, is, is a good, solid show, they're not retreads. They may take some tropes and play with the tropes, but by this, this day, in this day and age, everything is a trope, and, and everything is something that you have seen before. And I've said there are no original ideas anymore. There are only original combinations of elements. You do the same, you do something new with stuff we've already had. George Lucas did that when he when he did the first Star Wars movie. It was pieces of story that was mixed in a new recipe and delivers something new. Now it's just carbon copy, carbon copy, carbon copy, carbon copy. And you know, I look Tenet is is a good example of something that's original. I haven't seen it. I've heard good stuff about it, except for the sound mix. I've, I've seen plenty of complaints about the sound mix. But Nolan is constantly trying to do something new-ish. Is he ex the exception to the rule? Yeah, he did the Batman trilogy, which is essentially a reboot of the Batman story. But Interstellar... Memento, it, it turns things, those, those, those turn thing expectations on their, on their ear, which is good, which is something that you want to do. You want to do something original. I don't know, it is it just, these are just random coffee thoughts today, and we don't have a coffee sponsor. But if anybody wants to sponsor the show, you are more than welcome to. We do have opportunities for that. Uh, what else? What do you guys want to talk about? What's going on? So Robert says, I remember the climax of the first Transformer movie, Messed Up Geography. There was a walking and running scene that cut in the lost city of Jordan and Egyptian pyramid and claimed in Iraq. Yeah. there. It's, yeah. You know, Afro, Robert mentions Afrofuturism. I don't have a problem with exploring that space because we haven't seen it. Uh, and, I, and I would certainly be more inclined, uh, maybe not necessarily that interested, but give me, a, give me a story that's intriguing. Give me a story that's new and fresh and, and interesting. It's a different take on an idea, and I'm all for it. Uh, whether it's Afrofuturism or you know, take your pick, fill in fill in the blank, uh, check your boxes or whatnot. If it's an original story, I'm all for it. We don't need to be constantly retreading the same you know the same ground. Let's let's do something new. Um, having a black lead as a 
for your show is not is not new. But if you do something, say you know Black Panther, Black Panther was a was a a cultural, not necessarily a first, but in the superhero world, uh, it certainly took things further. And if you want to do that kind of thing, there's certainly room for that, and I think there's interest there. But tell me the story because it's an interesting story, not because it's pick your identity. That's not enough. The story has to be compelling. The story has to be interesting. And, I, and I've got a book uh, somewhere on the shelf. I've got a short story collection of Russian science fiction. And we've talked back and forth here about um, uh, the different horror category because it's come up. You've got Train to Busan. You've got you know Godzilla, of course, and and the Japanese uh, the Japanese horror, but also the Italian horror, uh, the stuff from from European, you know, like Sweden and Finland and that group. I think uh, if if more people were aware of the the stuff that's made outside the United States, you might have maybe not necessarily a renaissance of storytelling, but you get some you get an injection of new ideas and and some different things that they do in other countries we don't do here. Hollywood has a tendency to make the Hollywood picture. And there's a certain there's a certain formula, there's a certain expectation of what a Hollywood movie is going to look like. Now, indie films get to play with that a little bit, but when you're talking about Hollywood, they're close, as close to cookie cutter as you could get. But I think if you look at some of the other types of films from other countries, you could start pulling in some different ideas and some different themes and some different aesthetics that you normally wouldn't find in Hollywood. I think it's, uh, I think it would be interesting. Uh, and some, some things that you could look at in terms of, uh, for, at the risk of jumping off a cliff here, social issues. Uh, but again, you, you go back to that, it's got to be done right. It has to be well executed. It's got to be, it's got to be done in a way that doesn't, beat your reader or your viewer over the head and doesn't doesn't you know do the call out in your face hey here's the theme you must know so i don't know it's it there's potential there there's possibility uh we'll have to see uh sci-fi snob what is russian sci-fi everyone drinks themselves to death at the end i don't know i i got the i picked this thing up in a in a bookstore and I've been meaning to read it, but again, it's on that that list of things what to do. And I've got all of this pile back over here too, so I'm way behind on my reading. And then, of course, all of the binge watching that I got to do for TV. But you would think, in the midst of house arrest, lockdown, pandemic, you would have all sorts of kind of time for this kind of thing. And somehow, I don't. But it is what it is. We, we, we deal with it, and we go forward. Uh, let's see here. Let me... Oh, this is going to go... All right, I'm going to talk about that. 
So uh, I am looking at, uh, it looks like Black Widow is going to be moving to summer of 2021. That's just coming out. Eternals being postponed as well. Uh, I'm going to look into that and see what happens there. So, yeah. It never ends. We're just going to continue postponing and putting things off. Um, I expect this to be going on at least for another couple of months, probably. One of these days we'll get through this. Maybe. Uh, Robert uh, wants me and Mindy to watch The Boys. I, I, it's on my list. It is. It is. It is. It is one of those things. Like I look at it and think, it's subversive enough. I think it would be interesting. But again, I'm not. I don't know. I'll see. I've I've heard lots of good things about it. It is definitely on my radar. Um, it's not one of those that I'm just like, eh. But Robert says it's the most thoughtful superhero show on TV so far. I I've heard that from a number of people. And I've seen people talking about the, the lead, uh, what's his name? Anthony, Anthony star. I think, uh, his name has been bandied about people thinking that he, he could play reverse flash. So I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to take, take a look. Um, Dune, as far as we know so far is still on track to release in December. But that could change. We'll see. We'll see. I think that. Oh yeah, is there? Are they doing a new Jupiter's Legacy? Is that a series? They, uh, that's right. They, that's right. That's right. They are doing that. Oh, I forgot about that one. Because I didn't, we didn't see the movie. The, the movie didn't do very well. I forgot about the. I I forgot about that. I'm gonna have to make a note. Thank you for reminding me about that one. Hang on, I want to write that down. All right, it's on my list. Got it. Thank you. Okay, well that. That seems like a good place to stop and bail for the for the day. Um, I'll 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 check out what Miller's been doing. It uh, Jupiter's Legacy is is that Mark Miller's uh, stuff? Let me look real quick because. Um, Y'all talk amongst yourselves. Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, Stephen Denight is involved. I how did I, how did I miss that he was involved in that? All right, hang on. Stephen Denight, based on the comic series by Mark Miller and Frank Quitley. Oh, is this okay? This, so this is part of the this is part of the deal. This is part of the of of the Millerverse deal that he did for. For stuff. Oh, Leslie Bibbs in it. Um, Matt Lanter, Josh Duhamel, Ben Daniels. Oh, that's some some recognizable names there. Elena Campuris. 
we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes in the first first season. I think that's probably why it's dropped off my radar because it was announced all the way back in July of 2018. So, uh, so now it's it's coming, huh? That'll be interesting. They wrapped shooting the first season in January this year, so I will have to look and see what we've got as far as uh, media assets. If that's if anything's dropped on Netflix yet in their in their media section, so we'll check that out. All right, so that's going to do it for us today. We're going to go ahead and bail. Um, if you have an interest in stuff, we do have a discount code negotiated over at SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi for Me 10, the promo code. When you check out, you get 10% off. That can be used in combination with other offers. And uh, we will do this all again tomorrow, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. And who knows, in between now and then, if the world falls apart, we'll still just be here doing our thing. So that's going to do it for us. Don't forget, hit uh, subscribe if you have not already. We do invite you to do that on your way out. If you want to hit the thumbs up and share the, the link, we would appreciate that. And we do thank everyone for being a part of this one. Uh, all of you in the chat, thanks for being around and sharing your thoughts. If you want to send us feedback, you can leave a comment or you can send us an email live from the bunker at sapphireforme.com. We are always open to suggestions on guests that we could invite to the show. So that is uh, that is something that we would appreciate your feedback and uh and comments and suggestions and um and sci-fi snob you don't have to follow my orders <laughs> you have you have special exception sorry uh but we do have those requests uh for everybody who doesn't want to 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 follow an order so that's going to do it for us thanks very much for for watching if you are listening to this as a podcast don't forget we do broadcast this live on our youtube channel which is sci-fi for me.tv uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Thursday. And we will be back with more later here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Thanks, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.